New Photic Realm announcement. Uh, submission windows for upcoming issues. Issue 10, the theme is justice. That's hard-boiled fiction with a supernatural twist. The deadline for that will be April 1st, 2020. Issue 11, the theme is kaiju. Giant monsters terrorizing civilization. Deadline will be October 1st, 2020 for those stories. Issue 12, the theme is lycanthropy, which is, of course, self-explanatory. Um, it can be any type of animorph with a bloody twist. Uh, so I guess that's werewolves and Jesus, giant, I don't know. What do people turn into? Seals? I've just got a little seal on my desk, so I thought of that. I don't know. You have to be more imaginative than I just was. Uh, but the deadline for lycanthropy, January 1st, 2021. Good luck to everyone submitting. is Zelda Knight. She is the editor-in-chief of Aurelia Leo, uh, which publishes three different magazines, standalone publications, merch. Um, she's studying PhD. I, I don't know what this woman isn't doing, um, but she... <laughs> that's fun. Great, that's fun laughing in the background. I'm just going to leave it in. I can't be bothered to record this again. Um, but yeah, uh, we had a great chat and um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you are a reader, writer, editor, any kind of creative, and you want to be on the show or you want to get in touch with me about something, you can always do so using losingthepotpodcast at gmail.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. But that's uh, enough for me for the intro, so here is my chat with author Zelda Knight. So how are you? This is the first time I'm talking to you on the phone, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, you know, um, but it is, yeah, super exciting. Um, yeah, I'm very good. Uh, I'm here in Stavanger in Norway. Um, okay. Still really warm. Probably not as warm as it is in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot here <laughs> for a fall. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, not so much. What, what have you been up to? You were at, you're at classes? Yeah, um, I actually started, um, as wild as it sounds, a PhD program. Uh, so I have night classes because they, you know, allow for students to work during the day. So you, wait, you're doing a PhD program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, I got my MA in public history. And just what you know, it, the world goes straight into the toilet. So I said, let's just continue my education. And mm -hmm. I was able to get funding. So I went into Pan-African Studies at my same university here in Kentucky. So, so far, so good. But, you know, I'm in my first week, so not really sure what to expect. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you don't know what your topic is going to be. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, I have a, like a very loose idea. It's actually related to speculative fiction. I have a very loose idea, but it's not hammered down yet. That's going to take at least this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to take a whole year just to figure it out, don't you? Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're are, are you're from Louisville? No, I was actually born in Baltimore, Maryland. I actually came down here. My mom got a job at this company down here, and I came here after I finished my uh, BA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I moved here to Louisville, and I've been here, gosh, I've been here almost three and a half, four years now. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. But, yeah, but I've been really liking it so far. Um, You know, only thing I don't like is the heat. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming, <laughs> I was doing school in Chicago to here. I mean, it was just two extremes. One, you're in, like, a polar vortex by July, and then here it's hot all year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And as a, I mean, I think the one thing that really impresses me about you is, that, okay, you're starting a PhD, you write under three different names, you publish three different magazines. Like, what is going on? <laughs> How are you doing all this? <laughs> it's completely um, because I just do too much. But no, I think um, what had happened was that uh, back in 2016, back then when it was Radiant Crown Publishing, but now really a Leo, um, basically what I wanted to do, I had been writing um, for freelancing for a while, uh, freelancing in different areas of writing. And I really wanted to know the ins and out of book publishing because my actual ultimate goal was to open a bookstore. I know that sounds ass backwards. Why would you publish books to open a bookstore? But the mm-hmm. one thing I was always concerned about is like the actual production of books. It's one thing, like I'm a very, I don't know, you, you know how they say learning style. I'm the type of person that needs to get my fingers in the slime or the mud to understand something. And so Mm -hmm. I really wanted to understand from beginning to end, what does it take to bring a book into being? And then what are the distribution networks that basically get books into bookstores? So uh, it sounds kind of wild, but that's actually why I started publishing magazines and books, because I wanted to know what are the distributors like? What what are the like the back end of the retailers where books are sold and some of those debates? Because I'm the type of person I like to be I like to be a jack of all trades, master of none. If that makes sense, I want to know a little bit about everything in the industry mm-hmm. I'm in. So that's how I ended up doing that. So it wasn't that I set out to go. I want to publish three things, uh, three magazines, and fifty thousand books all at once. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know what is it like publishing a magazine that's mostly fiction. What is it like publishing a magazine that has art in it? What is it like publishing a book versus a novella versus a novelette? So I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to get my hands in everything. And also, um, you know, I just love reading, writing, um, editing. So. I was like, it combines what I'm already doing in history, which is a bunch of reading, writing, and editing, and putting yeah, it into yeah, yeah. something a little more fun. Fascinating. I mean, like, yeah, no, I totally relate to that. I really, um, especially when it comes to things like this that are so uh, creative, I really don't know any better way to do it than just by doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And and when it comes to, like, uh, because that's how you find your own individual style. That's how you, like... That's how you're going to find ways of doing this that nobody's done it before as well, because you don't know what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You, you put it perfectly. You don't know what not to do because <laughs> mm-hmm. when when you go through rigorous training, I'm not you know brushing aside. You know, it wasn't that I had no idea how to publish because I've been working in freelancing. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you know, I wasn't. I didn't come from a traditional publishing house and say, now I'm going to set up my own imprint or something like that. It was yeah. very much hands on from the beginning. Me going, oh, people aren't into vampires anymore. Well, I'm publishing vampire fiction still. What's going on? You know. So yeah. it was very much learning the trends, learning what's going on right then. And sometimes that resulted in hits and misses. But at the same time, I think that's what allowed me to publish some weird stuff, some out there stuff, because I wasn't constrained by is it sellable, is it marketable? I'm like, is it good art? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or just like, you've not reached that stage that like some publishers start to get jaded because they've seen too many types of stories. Mm-hmm. Um you're more open like your your brain's not going to shut down after reading a paragraph if you're like oh it's one of these things you know you can see it kind of from first principles maybe yeah no and i totally agree because at least um you know what i've seen that was literary agents and other things is that it makes sense i mean you they always have to keep the market in mind and also they just get inundated i get a lot of submissions but short fiction is very different than getting 16 novels about uh harry potter knockoff you know it's a yeah. very different field like I, i'm always getting fresh stuff so even if i get 15 vampire submissions i don't get tired of it because people are doing it 15 different ways mm. yeah 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 that's really cool and and I, I take it you you started writing first how long how long have you been writing i've been writing for a long time now um Creative writing, I really got serious about that um, around 21. It was when I really got serious and started my pen names and stuff. But I've been writing academically uh, for freelance stuff for about as long as I've been working. So most of my life. <laughs> uh, so it's it's been mm-hmm. a journey, the academic versus the freelance versus the creative. I find myself sometimes my different writing careers seeping into one another, which is good and bad in some cases. I know there's a Twitter debacle going on right now about someone not understanding historical facts. I'm like, well, if you knew history, you would know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting it, coming from different fields. And it, it's just, it's really interesting to see what are people doing and what's getting popular nowadays. Like um, my most recent release, Dominion, I'm seeing all these Afrofuturistic and Afrofuturistic works getting published this year. And I'm like, do we all just have the same wavelength? Like, do we just all get together and we start publishing together at the same time? It's just very interesting. Yeah, that, that's cool. Something going on in the zeitgeist, I guess. Um, yeah. But this uh, this anthology is doing really well. It's getting great reviews. Yeah, I'm not the um, shocked in the sense that uh, we didn't put in the work for it to happen, but yeah. it's not like I don't do the same thing for all my other publications. So it's just something, like you said, in the zeitgeist that made it a hit so far. So I'm happy. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and so you started writing, you've got your different pen names. Which one came first? I know Zelda Knight is the main one. Mm-hmm. And that one was the one that came first. It was mostly um, just my ambition to write Black Girl Magic, basically. I wanted mm-hmm. to write urban fantasy and different stories that have Black protagonists. Um, and then as I was going on, uh, not to get in a long spiel, but I write at different heat levels when it comes to romance, which basically means how sexy it is. So mm-hmm. um, I separated my pen names out of genre. So 
uh, basically science fiction, fantasy, or kind of a mix of the two, and then also heat level. So if it's really, really raunchy versus it's pretty clean, there's not much going on page. Yeah. So who's who's the raunchiest then? Is it is it Odyssey Rose or Iris Swords? <laughs> it's Iris Sword. <laughs> okay, that's where you get the good stuff. All right. Yeah, that's where if you want the good stuff, you go to Iris Sword. <laughs> cool. If you want like you know actual magic systems and world building and stuff, you go to Zelda Knight. If you want to sprinkle of that and just the good stuff, go to Iris Sword. <laughs> Odyssey <laughs> Rose is in the middle. <laughs> Odyssey Rose is somewhere in the middle. Okay, I've got the full heat scale. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, how? much are you writing basically so far i've been writing not that much actually i've been well i say for romance you know some some authors they write a novel a year and they're like i'm I'm doing good but romance authors are pretty much geared to writing like a full lift novel a month i've been doing that like every three months <laughs> so far yeah. so yeah. i'm pretty slow for most writers but i'm also spread out between three pen names so i say i'm doing a pretty decent job i've gotten back into the habit of writing every day uh, which is which is new for me it's been a while since I've had time and the energy to just sit down and write, you know, knock out at least a page a day. Mm-hmm. Do you like writing every day? I do. I think even some, like, like some weeks I scrap most of what I write because it's just not the direction where the story's going anymore. But I think it's some truth in like any craft, you kind of got to do it every day. And the more I read, the more I'm like, oh, I want to try the idea, see how it works into my own thing. And then sometimes I just knock out short stories. Sometimes I don't submit them. Sometimes I do. But I think short stories and then sometimes they work their way into novel and works really helps me to keep those creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're... um obviously a very hardworking person like how many hours a day are you doing all this stuff yeah i know I, I don't know it's like it is some truth in the saying I, I have been talking about but that's because of an accident um that happened last year the main reason because of um the feeling of burnout but for the most part it is some truth in the saying when you're doing stuff you love you don't get tired from it there's some things i had to sunset that don't work but it, for the most part, I'll spend hours doing this. And then I'm like, how can I get to this history book that I need to get through for class? But, mm-hmm. you know, it's when it comes to doing stuff I love, I'll do it for hours. I'm like, man, I was really working for a while there. But it's, you know, it's building the futures and things I want to do. So it's not too hard. But I do not advise it if anyone out there is listening. <laughs> Start with one thing. You know, when you see like Fire Magazine and stuff and they build up this empire it's because they're publishing one magazine or you work just on books. Do not do everything like I did because I was like, I'm going to start a bookstore in like the next year. Did not happen. Uh, you have to like really, if you want something to grow and really flourish, you kind of have to pour all your energy into that. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's nothing wrong with spreading yourself out too. I wouldn't go back and just publish Helios or just do novels because I wouldn't have been able to meet the wide range of authors and experiences I had. But if you're starting out and you're listening from this recorded chat, please do not do everything at once. Don't do all the things. <laughs> <laughs> kind of you to pass on that advice. Um, so, oh, th- yeah, this bookstore project is, is still something you want to happen. It's still... You still got it on the back burner. 
Yeah, it's uh, right now I'm doing GoFundMe, which is a little harder because you're basically just asking people to donate to you. But I'm mm-hmm. starting small with basically a mobile bookstore. So it's this really cool uh, company outside of Portland um, called Icicle Tricycles. And basically they make mobile stores of all kinds. And one thing they started doing was doing mobile library slash mobile bookstore. So that's where I'm starting with because I already have the inventory from publishing books and also having accounts with most of the major publishers and trying to start small because especially with the conditions right now, um, opening up a storefront really isn't feasible. Um, but at the same time, as I scale back my publication, um, schedule i really want to kind of hone myself into be able to do this bookstore idea mm-hmm. yeah that's wild so i i take it you're going to be publishing you're, you're going to have like some aurelia leo material in there as well as some like more mainstream stuff have you thought of that yeah so that's my like uh it's like rebecca roan horses black sun that's coming out that would be a title that i would want to have in the mobile bookstore but definitely Mm -hmm. obviously promoting my old authors too okay yeah sure um what okay so rebecca roan horse yeah what what else are you reading at the moment um i actually got some really cool um arcs right now so i have black sun which i'm reading right now uh really good then i also have um the best, I think they restarted it because unfortunately the editor passed away, um, but it was the the year's best science fiction. What else do I have? I have some more fantasy, some alien romance in there, but the big titles I'm reading right now is definitely Rolling Horse. I got a story bundle for African speculative fiction, so Afro sci-fi, Terry, it, it, no, I can't talk right now but basically i got a bunch of african speculative fiction too so yeah the mm-hmm. year's best science fiction black sun and also uh, a bundle of african speculative fiction yeah and it's it's really important for you in particular to uh promote like uh black authors connect with people of color in the in the community as well right yeah, I think my main thing I've always tried to do is uplift LGBTQI plus uh, black and other people of color, including indigenous folks, and also Southern literature too. And by that, I mean everyone in the United States South and also the global South, because those are kind of the fields that I study when it comes to like my professional career as a historian. But it's also the type of work I like to read and to write about, because I feel like um, it's funny enough, like in 2016, um, hashtag own voices and a bunch of uh, other diversity and publishing initiatives kind of got started around the same time and it's been Mm -hmm. interesting to see how people in the traditional field have been trying to break down those structural barriers so as much as possible i try to buy mainstream works by those types of groups because if they don't sell then it's instantly like no one likes it versus you know other groups uh white authors or or cisgender authors they could put out a book and not be a hit and still write another book a black author could do the same thing and that's the end of their career you know so i always i don't hold back my criticisms if i don't like a book or something like that but i always try to read um from those types of groups because you know if someone makes it into the traditional publishing field that's already a feat in in of itself past Mm. writing the book yeah god that's awful that it's still that way um, yeah. Jesus. So okay. Well, yeah. No, I, I see why it's so important to. You. Um. Yeah, and you're a booktuber now. Yeah, I do too much. If the booktube actually <laughs> happened, believe it or not, it actually happened because we were um. Well, 
our governor, at least the non-national government, was basically giving us stay-at-home orders because of COVID. And so I was here with my little tripod and my two cats. And I was like, might as well do something because it was kind of a lull. I wasn't really pu- publishing anything. And we were still getting reviews and stuff for Dominion. So I was like, let me get on BookTube and <laughs> see what's going on here. Because that's what I do when I'm just wasting time. I stay on BookTube and AuthorTube and get ideas. Cool. And uh, do you have any like uh, videos planned? Any particular goals with that? Yeah, my biggest goal is, you know, once I get myself together and get past the jitters of learning how to film myself and looking look into a camera and such, mm-hmm. my biggest goal is to help other people publish. And so I'm trying to start a series. Um, I haven't named it yet, but like, uh, so you want to be a publisher or something like that and get people familiar with like how to acquire um, ISBNs. What is it like setting up accounts with Kindle and Nook Press and stuff like that? Because my biggest goal, even if you don't publish other people, is to give information so it's not such a daunting task because it's Microcosm Publishing. It's a small press publishing house that put out this kind of how-to of becoming a publishing house. But I don't mm. really know of any like mainstream books that's like from from front to back how to start up a publishing house and so that's kind of what i want to contribute to my book too that's great like really kind of you to pass on all the stuff you've learned we haven't talked about your uh the three magazines the three magazines being helios selena and invictus mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah yeah so helios invictus my goal with them always was that I would basically publish for a few years, move to the next and build on it like that. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I knew from the beginning the type of work that it takes to become basically financially fit with short fiction isn't really there. I mean, Neil Clark and every they talk about it all the time, the big editors like at the dark and stuff of how hard it is to sustain yourself financially. Um, mm. unfortunately with the short fiction market. So my goal was always to publish as many as I could and then, you know, move on to the next with new ideas and things. So Helios was my first tr- go with that. And I think that really happens because I read this story, um, how the Dunning man got his name by Stephen Scott Whitaker. And it was, it was such a strange and wonderful story. And I was just like, I really wanted to build a magazine around this. And so thankfully, just like I'm trying to do with my book tube, I read what other publishers did, how they started up their own magazines, um, especially in the digital age and went from there. So Helios is um, in its fifth year and this will be its final year. And then Celine is still publishing and then starting with Invictus. So my thought was that everything has its natural beginnings and endings. And so I don't mm-hmm. want to draw something out when, you know, it's just not there anymore, but just keep going and flowing with what's popular, what I'm getting fiction geared towards. Okay. So Helios is ending. Yes. Helios is ending. I'm putting out a notice and like after the new issue comes out that the, the next issue will be the last. Okay, but it, um, and why? Because it's just it's just not right now. Because everything is just so, just wild, and short fiction is never really viable uh, economically wise. Most of the yeah. money in the press is in longer works. Um, mm-hmm. even novelettes and novellas are kind of um 
uh, risky, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, mm, I don't want to keep dragging it out. And my main thing is I always wanted to pay authors. And, you know, even if it's you know, because I'm a one woman press, it's not on time or I get uh, um, screwed up because of putting things out there. My main thing is I always want to be able to pay authors and pay authors well. So if I can't pay them at least, you know, at what I consider a decent rate, I would rather not publish at all. Fair. Yeah. No, it, it was exciting because I saw that it had gone to pro rates, I think, last year, right? Yeah, it had gone to pro rates and that was working out and was being sustainable. But actually last year, July 16, 2019, I was involved in a house fire. And oh. so, yeah, so being involved in that house fire, it kind of just smashed everything life-wise, economics-wise. And then right when I was getting myself back on my feet and things were going good, smack dab and coronavirus. So <laughs> I was like, I, you know, right now things are going okay and I don't want to, you know, have an extra what could become a burden. Yeah, fair. I mean, I think that, like, now that I've talked to such a wide-ranging, like, group of people in the writing community and so on, they're just like, yeah, they're doing okay. And then just some massive thing just knocks them out for a year. And then you have to talk to them again, like a year later or something. <laughs> so um, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes editors can be pretty apologetic in how long they're taking to get back to me. And I'm like, I know it's life. Like it hits us all at random <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing. It's like, it's, you know, it's never an excuse. Like, you know, when you're dealing with other people's work, you know, you got to, even if something happens, you got to do your best, but it's, it's really precarious, you know, small press publishing, you know, I'm one woman, this house fire happened. It's not like I could ask Joe Q public if he could take over for me. It's like, it's yeah. just me, you know? So I totally understand. And it's like, I, I understand authors plight, but whenever I'm on Twitter and I see people all getting riled up because such and such editor couldn't get back to them, unless it's like outright fraud or stuff, I'm like, probably something happened. I know it's always medical issues, things with small presses, but I'm like, no, it literally, like, something happened and it literally takes you like a year to recover yeah yeah for sure i always assume like something much more like pressing is happening to the person than them reading my story as much as i think like my story is great or whatever i know that like in in tough times creative stuff is the first thing to go you know mm -hmm. yes um, unfortunately because it's like the most important thing to us but it also goes first you know yeah but that's the thing too I, I am happy and blessed that even if you know because some authors I let authors know and they were really sad but I'm like even if one thing disappears it's not like I'm stopping publishing altogether that's the one beautiful thing and so I'm too old to do it basically it's always going to be markets for authors mm -hmm. out there Go ahead. yeah 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 um tell me about alien romance this is like a favorite thing of yours right Oh my goodness, this is not what I thought I was going to come in here and talk about. I'm smiling here <laughs> to ear. <laughs> Alien romance, <laughs> no. <laughs> but actually, the, funny enough that just this morning, I just, I got into a group, basically me and these authors are about to do a shared romance universe, so I've been doing nothing but romance today. But Alien wow. romance, how did I get into it? Um, what What's the appeal of it? I mean, I've been a romance reader for as long as I can remember, which is uh, probably bad because I shouldn't have been reading romance <laughs> when I was at that age. But at the end of the day, I've always loved romance. I've always loved the happy ever after. But I was always reading like contemporary stuff or historical stuff. And one day I stumbled upon an alien romance actually on 
uh, Kindle. And I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. I can combine both of these? Like, I can have my happy ever afters and also aliens and also dystopia and space opera? Sign me up. So that's how I got into alien romance. It's, it's my favorite genre. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you write a lot of it? I do. I write a lot of it. I've actually only published two alien romances under my pen Odyssey Rose. And I'm about to publish a third in September. But I read a lot of alien romance and I write a lot of it. It's just that I never got to actually publishing it, which I'm doing now. Cool, cool. Um, um, oof, so what's next? I'm sure a whole a whole heap of stuff. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, again, I'm reiterating my advice. Don't do all the things. But for me, <laughs> I can't stop doing all the things. So what's next? The main thing is uh, fundraising for this mobile bookstore because that's going to be my true litmus test here in Louisville because uh, we have a phrase that we took from Austin, Texas, which is keep Louisville weird. And so I thought, why, why not add to this whole um, kind of zeitgeist going on here? So that's the main thing coming up next. And then after that, what I've been working on on the side is basically building up my marketplace on my website. So I'm adding Mocha Memoirs Press and some other small presses onto my website. And the final goal is I have a, I have it in development. So I have basically a prototype up uh, right now, but it's not public. The final goal is to basically make the website an app and make basically a small press superstore if you will available for iphone and google play so those are my two big projects next which is basically developing a marketplace for speculative fiction um, from indie presses and also getting this mobile bookstore off the ground wild and there's also merch <laughs> there's merch on your website as well right yeah yeah merch and other stuff so getting um uh was still voodoo that's uh i'm actually helping a friend out while she's getting a fashion line together and so i was like we saw some things i was like i'm gonna put that on my store because it's really nice and also just merch for really a leo too so mm -hmm. trying to um basically get that all together i work on woocommerce so i'm like shopify stuff a lot of stuff is like plugins that you got to put in and work but you know i was so excited when I got um, USPS postal rates working on my website. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was a programmer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's basically building up that infrastructure. So then I can approach presses and say, hey, do you want to sell XYZ, your book themed candles, your uh, speculative books, your whatever it might be, um, if you wanted to sell it on a really a Leo. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing right now. Wow. Um, and also, you're a cryptozoologist in training, <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Cryptoids are just studying them. Uh, again, another thing, weird thing I'm into is like the uh, Bigfoot documentaries, the true documentaries that will be on Netflix and stuff. I, I can't get mm -hmm. enough. And learning about the Jersey Devil and things like that. So if you're into cryptoids, <laughs> you can hit me up. <laughs> Awesome. Um, God, is there anything we didn't talk about? Anything you want to let us know? Um, I think the only other thing, um, just let people know, is that, you know, just don't give up. I think with me, I face a major adversity with this house fire going on and with everything going on, especially if, like, you're like a new professional or things like that. It could be hard because most creators are balancing a day job and their passion. 
But at the end of the day, don't give up. I would just always recommend scale back, regroup. Um, that's what I did. You know, what I was sad to close down Helios and in the future, um, sunsetting Celine. But you know, at the end of the day, you can always reinvent yourself and try new things. So just don't feel bad. I mean, most of the time, you literally are one person, and give yourself grace. Lovely advice. Scale back, regroup. That's a great, great motto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Leo. I'm sorry I was like, I couldn't get the phone call to be working at first, but so happy to talk to you. So that was my chat with the other night. Um, if you are some sort of creative and you want to be on the show, um, if you uh, want to tell me anything about the show, you can always do so using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you. But that's all for me for this episode. So until next time, bye bye.